Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Just because you can go into a deep lunge and pitch your pelvis forward because it somehow feels like that's where you should be going, don't do it. Keep the pelvis neutral and keep all the musculature around it active. Good movement and welcome to Redefining Yoga, a movement by Lara podcast. This podcast is designed to investigate all aspects of the modern evolution of yoga from my background as a physical therapist and lover of movement. My mission is to help everyone find freedom through smarter and safer movement patterns so together we can be uplifted and benefit all beings everywhere. That's a lofty mission and I hope I'm accomplishing it and I hope you're on the way with me. And I think one way to get there is through a neutral pelvis. I know that sounds silly, but a neutral pelvis is so important for our movement patterns and and for our energy level. And so today's discussion is what is a neutral pelvis? What does it mean and why is it important? So the pelvis, um, for those of you who are not sure, is the part of your anatomical structure, your bones, where your limbs, your lower limbs come up and meet at the hip joint. And so what forms the hip joint is the the position between the or the, the space between the thigh bone, the femur, and this bone called the ilium. And those there's two sides of the ilium. They look almost like elephant ears or Mickey Mouse ears. And they together form part of the pelvis, together with the pubic bone, where the front part of the, the pelvis meets, and in the back, the um, ilium meets up with the sacrum, which is the lowest part of the spine. And then we have the tailbone, which is at the very base of the pelvis. And that's, you can feel that that's like a remnant of our, of our evolutionary days of having a tail. But now we have a little tailbone and that tailbone actually is important. It can be a navigational tool for where the pelvis is, where if, if it's tipping one way or another, and it also has muscles of the pelvic floor that attach to it. Um, so it, it serves as a, as an attachment point for musculature. So the pelvis is in, in Latin, um, uh, um, oscoxa means it's a bowl and so it is the, or a basin so we want to imagine that if we have a bowl like a pot that um, a plant grows out of 
we want that bowl to be sturdy and level. Otherwise, all the nutrients, the soil, the water, and even the plant itself would be a little bit at risk um, and imbalanced. And so we can imagine that our spine is coming up from this pot of the pelvis, this bowl of the pelvis. And its position is fundamentally important for the alignment of the spine all the way up into the skull. Um, where our head sits. So if we, and it's the biggest center of mass in the body. So in physical therapy, we look at the the pelvis first, whether it was like when I worked in my um, rehab days, when I had patients in a wheelchair and we would work on the positioning because it's really important if they're going to be sitting for a long period of time that they're sitting in a way where their pelvis is neutral. So pretty much everything would be revolved around getting the pelvis neutral. What does neutral pelvis mean? I'm going to get to that in a minute. Um, But why is it important first? Because I really want the buy-in to be there. And then we can talk about what is it? What is a neutral pelvis? How can you find it on yourselves? And then how you can um, take that understanding of it and with bigger movement patterns like in yoga or in any kind of your movement practice in life. So why is it important? I already told you it provides this foundation for the spine. But in that foundation for the spine, it create with a neutral pelvis, all the muscles, there's 35 muscles that attach on or around the pelvis. So that's a lot. And all of those muscles are pulling in different ways, have different fascial attachments. So just kind of imagine just drawing with multiple colored pencils, lines in a variety of ways. And if any of those lines are pulling more than, than other um, there's going to be an imbalance. And then with that imbalance, you're creating um, possibilities for injury, certainly for, for myofascial tightness, which ultimately won't feel that great. And it's also, um, it has an effect on the exchange of energy. So we are just big uh, vehicles for energy exchange. And so when I talk about yoga, um, I really do not emphasize flexibility over strength or strength over flexibility. What I really emphasize is finding balance. And that balance is going to lead to this neutral pelvis and neutral spine so that our energy expl- our energy exchange doesn't get stuck anywhere because it will get stuck in those tighter fascia links. And so when you are pitched forward in your pelvis, imagine somebody looking at somebody and you can see it looks like their their tailbone's sticking back and their belly's sticking forward and they have like a exaggerated low back curve. That's called an anterior pelvic tilt because the front part of the, the basin is dropping anteriorly, meaning forward. So it's pitching you forward. It's shortening your low back and it's um, jutting your tailbone out. A lot of people have the anterior tilt because there's, when you sit in a chair, Imagine just sitting in a chair and you're bending at your hip, you're flexing at the hip, and then you come to stand up. So if all of that kind of tissue that's in that hip crease has gotten stuck, you start to stand and open that up, but at some point it's going to resist it. So what you do instead is you push your ribs forward to lift the upper part of your back. I hope that makes sense. You can imagine it. So again, imagine you're kind of folded in half because we're kind of rounded and that's in your seated position. You go to stand, but that tissue in that hip crease 
has been short for so long, when you go to stand, it's not readily opening up. So when you go to stand to get upright, if you find resistance there, your body's smart, it'll it'll move somewhere else. And usually the rib cage will move forward and you'll stay kind of pitched into this anterior tilt. That would be problematic because that's really imbalanced. You've got a lot of tightness in the front of the hip and a lot of kind of length in the back, meaning your glutes are length lengthened and not activated. But then you have a shortening in the low back because it's got scrunch there because of the pitching of the pelvis. And it just goes up the chain. So with every step you're taking, the exchange of energy you have from the foot, from the floor, going into your foot, up your leg, into your hips, into your spine, all the way up is has been broken to a degree. And it certainly is, is uh, compromise is not a word I want to use in terms of like scaring you, but it's just inefficient. It's dulling your energy. So if we think about energy exchange, how do we hold on to our energy? The neutral pelvis is fundamental for that. I, so I hope you got an idea of what a, an anterior tilt is. Posterior tilt is the opposite. It's like when you are slumped back and rounded and the tailbone is really scooped way underneath you so that your back has got, your low back has gotten flattened. Your belly is really pulled back and hollowed, but it's not from a place of being strong. It's just rounded. You're slumping back into your low back. And so you, here is also problematic because you find the imbalance around the pelvis where you might have tightening in your glutes and hamstrings, although they're not they're not from a place of it's not strength. It's just position has been shortened around there, and then your low back is elongated, but it's weak, so it's getting compromised in terms of the balance around there. Your abdominals aren't really working either. So, and your and the shoulders typically will round more with that as well. So there's there's um, energy exchange imbalance. And anytime you have those two factors, when you then get into bigger movement patterns, you can you can just not feel good and possibly in, even injure yourself. So um, that is the reason why it's important. So how do we how do we get our neutral pelvis? Well, imagine one way I'm going to have you do, and then I'm going to give you an, an acronym because, as you might know, I love acronyms. There, that makes it easier to remember stuff, but. Going against a wall is a really great place to start. You can also do this on the floor, but the wall, you at least have some weight bearing through the feet. And you go up against a wall and you want to find um, your sacrum, which is the lowest part of your back. It's a nice little platform of fused vertebra. And you can push that into the wall and then see where how your pelvis aligns with that. Do you Is it easy to find the sacrum on the wall or is it really hard to find it because you have to bend your knees. So to get the sacrum on the wall and having to bend the knees probably means that your the front of your hip is is tight and you have been an anterior tilt. But still you'll be able to at least feel what neutral pelvis is. Even if you have to bend the knees, you can do that. So pushing the sacrum into the wall and then getting really long in the sides of your ribs, not letting the ribs push forward, but right at the back um, underneath the shoulder blades, press the back into the wall there so you can honor the natural curves, but also control the the ribs pushing forward, which happens a lot in that anterior tilt. Then the back of your skull will also try and find the wall. So you'll find these kind of natural curves of the body, of the spine, and using the wall as a um, feedback mechanism. So 
Again, it's fine to bend the knees to get that neutral pelvis. And here is an acronym. Once you've discovered it, here's what you want to think about in um, keeping it. So first of all, for neutral, in, the in for neutral, your neck needs to be in line. That means the whole front of your face, including your um, and your throat, needs to be pulled back towards your spine. The forward head position, I'm seeing more and more, um, that text neck forward head, all of it, is pulling the head forward and then the pelvis is also affected because it, the whole chain of, of alignment and energy is imbalanced. So the pelvis is also tends to also pitch with a forward head. So you need to first get that neck in line because then you'll feel that you're not fighting your neck as you get into the neutral pelvis. So in is neck in line. E is you want to elongate your lower back. So the area between your lowest rib, and you can find that by just kind of feeling around on your low back. There are these floating ribs, meaning that they don't attach in front to the sternum. Find the lowest rib and then and then follow that down to some, the bones of the, the ilium, the pelvis. And all that tissue in between that area and then across that, that band of tissue of the low back, that's what tends to get shortened. Um, and so can you lengthen that and elongate it? So that's what you want to think about when you're getting the neutral spine. And if you are in a posterior tilt, you still want to have that that lengthened, elongated back, but you want to have it from a place of strength, not from just uh, slouching. So your, your sit bones, if you were sitting, for instance, you'd be right up on your sit bones as you're doing that and long, lengthening the back. You of neutral. This is an interesting thing. Unclench your jaw. Dun, da, da. Your jaw has tissue in it, the fascial tissue that actually has been wrapped all the way around and from parts of the um, pelvis, the hip, around the hip joint. And when you clench your jaw, that is affecting the alignment of your neck all the way down into the alignment of the pelvis. So walk around, sit whatever you need to, and have the tip of your tongue at the top of your um, right behind your big teeth in front, your front teeth, the big teeth. And just lightly, um, I'm trying to do it and talk, I can't do that, but you want to just lightly release as you have the tip of the tongue at the back of those teeth, just release the jaw. And that kind of helps you unclench the the top and, and bottom jaw. And, and notice if you feel a sense of just release all the way down the chain. You might not notice it right away. This is something you're going to have to do obviously daily. That's why you have this acronym. So U is unclench the jaw. T, your tailbone needs to be down. And I don't mean, I don't say under um, because I don't want it rounded, but I want you to feel like you're lengthening the tailbone down toward the floor, especially if you tend to be pitched forward into that anterior tilt. And that will help you elongate the low back, but it's also going to serve just as a brain mapping um, of where the tailbone is. Because once you locate the tailbone, like I said, it becomes a very good navigational tool. And you'll see in a minute when we get to L in a moment. (laughs) But anyway, um, the tailbone is going down, not tucking it under. That's different. Down is lengthening. R of neutral is your ribs 
Ribs need to pull back and broaden. What does that mean? So the front ribs tend to be, if you're an anterior tilt, they need to, they tend to flare the lower part of them because that's the place you're moving from when your front hips are tight. So you'll lightly pull them back. Now, say you're slouched in posterior tilt, which is not as common, but still, the ribs are going to be kind of stuck there. So you want to broaden the ribs first, meaning that make the sides of the ribs, the space between each rib, make it longer and longer. So that's on the side body. Like imagine you've got a left and right seam of the body. Lengthen that and lengthen the space so that you're broadening your ribs. This will help with your breath. And that is a another important quality of having neutral pelvis is your breathing. That'll have to be for a different day because, but trust me, your neutral pelvis is fundamental for being able to take big, full breaths, diaphragmatic breathing, and using the abdominals. So the ribs are going to, any ribs will be pulled back if they've been kind of uh, habitually pushed forward and they're broadening on the side parts of them. You can also feel it in the back as well, feeling the ribs broaden in the back. The ribs wrap around to the back of the body. So paying attention to the ribs. A of neutral is your abdominals draw together like a web. So imagine a spider web and the center of the spider web is, remember where the spider would be sitting? That's your the, the navel, the belly button. And then imagine fibers of abdominals are, are coming all around from all these different angles. But all of those lines of the webbing are pulling together not shortening, but drawing together so they're firm and that that you feel this collective pull into center. And then that, that almost pulls back into that elongated low back to support it. Because when you are either slouched or pitched forward, your abdominals aren't working and you want them active. Now, are they going to be active all the time? Well, maybe until you figure out how to have what's called like just a resting muscle tone there, kind of a readiness they're, where they're not, they're, they're, they're not working um, purposefully, but that you, they're also not totally turned off and inactive so that the support of your spine might be compromised. Uh, so those abdominals are important for um, aligning the bowl of the pelvis. They pull the webbing together and then they kind of pull it back toward the spine itself. And that helps adjust the bowl of the pelvis and keep it that way. The final thing, the L, is there's a line between your pubic bone and your tailbone. And if you can put your fingers on your pubic bone and then the other fingers on your tailbone and draw, compress that space together, and feel that that line, that horizontal line is, is essentially um, level. That is your level pelvis. And that's one way of, of figuring it out, but also giving feedback. You know, maybe not do this out in public, but put your pubic, hands on your pubic bone, hand on your tailbone and pull them together. And so see those, um, these helpful hints for your acronym. See how it helps you discover neutral pelvis for um, sitting for standing for everyday work. And then when you start going into yoga class, don't lose it. Don't lose that. Just be just because you can go into a deep lunge and pitch your pelvis forward because it somehow feels like that's where you should be going. Don't do it. Keep the pelvis neutral and keep all the musculature around it 
active so that it's it's supporting on all fronts. So on all fronts, that's going to be in higher circumference through the body from front to back and underneath, which is the pelvic floor. So everything is supporting the structure of this neutral pelvis. And collectively, when everything works just the right amount to hold that neutral pelvis, your energy flow will be so much better, easier, more vibrant. And you won't have to even you know hold so much um, kind of brain energy in that area. It'll become more natural. But until it's natural, you have to focus on it. And what I often tell people, especially in like low lunges where the knee is on the ground, um, Anjaneyasana, or a crescent lunge, uh, high crescent lunge where your knee is off the ground, those in particular, you really want to find neutral pelvis and not let your pelvis just tip because it's pulling on the front of the thigh or you think you should go quote unquote deeper. Keep your pelvis neutral. Keep it neutral when you start moving in lateral ways, in your side lunges, um, your skandhasana and stuff like that. You want the pelvis neutral so you're actually moving at the hip joint. And if the pelvis tips, you're going to pull on your low back. This will, over time, not be a great thing to do. When you have a neutral pelvis and you move the joints as they're made to move, you can, you'll be able to do this. As I say, I want to be tying my shoe well into my hundreds. So I want, to, I want to move my joints now in a sustainable way so that I, it, won't be a, it won't be available to me, you know, or it will, be, it, will, it will be an option for me in the future versus not being available and not being an option for me because I haven't paid attention to this neutral pelvis. So think about it in all the movement patterns. Think about it in, in your plank. What is your pelvis doing in plank? Think about that line between the pubic bone and tailbone. Think about in, what's the neck doing? E is the elongation in your low back. Are you unclenching your jaw in plank? I hope, right? Um, the tailbone is down. It is actually rooting down toward your heels in plank. Your ribs are pulled in. They're not flaring toward the floor. Your abdominals are drawing together like a web, holding the support. This is really important in plank because you've got gravity also pushing down on you. And then again, that line between the pubic bones. So you can take this acronym and apply it to all of your yoga poses. Is, are all of those things happening? So uh, share that with your friends and you know, share it with your yoga teacher <laughs> if you aren't a teacher. But do that in a way that, that really is going to make you feel so delicious in all of your yoga poses. I mean, it's fundamental to move with that that sense of vitality and energy in the body, um, it's fundamental to have a neutral pelvis. So without further ado, there's your anatomy lecture for the day. I'd love to hear your thoughts on if I'm using proper anatomy terms or if I'm going way over your head. I'm really trying to make it accessible to everyone um, as well as physical therapists and other movement experts. But if you liked this episode and want access to a special yoga class by me, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. And then send a screenshot to podcast at movementbylara.com. That's all one word, movementbylara.com. And we will send you the link. So that'll give you a free class where you'll see how I put all this into play with a neutral pelvis. So I'll see you on the mat. Walk around with that neutral pelvis, move with that neutral pelvis, sit with that neutral pelvis, and smile. 
because I am sending you love from me to you. Thank you.